You're listening to Civic from the San Francisco Public Press. On this edition, we'll take you along with the Community Public Safety Patrol in Chinatown. The more time you spend out here, the more you get kind of a, an eye for things that are out of place, right? You see the same thing every day, and then you see something that, that looks unfamiliar, out of place, you'll be able to recognize it. So I like to think of it like each patrol is kind of like a training for, for future patrols, right? The people who are going to come now, they're going to lead patrols in the future. Stop, observe, record, report. Just keep an eye out for anything that looks suspicious. The end goal is to not patrol, but to, to use you know, our manpower and our resources to make these people safe. I'm Laura Wenis, and this is Civic. The continued rise in violence against Asian Americans, in particular against elders, has spurred communities into action. In Chinatown, a few different groups of volunteers can regularly be seen patrolling the street, keeping an eye out for situations that could turn sour. On Thursday evening, I had the opportunity to join the Chinatown Safety Patrol, one of these community safety organizations. Forrest Liu, a group leader, let me ask him questions as we walked. Can you just set the scene? What are we doing right now? Where are we? We're on Stockton Avenue. We're on patrol, just um, watching as merchants close their business. Before this, he'd briefed his group of volunteers, some of whom were newcomers and some of whom had come before, on what to keep an eye out for and why. But he asked me not to disclose those details so as not to give bad actors ideas about what behavior arouses suspicion. He had a walkie-talkie clipped to his pants pocket, and it would chirp every once in a while, or he'd tried to raise a different group leader on a different block to exchange information. Hey, Paul, can you hear me? For the most part, things seemed calm, at least where our cluster of volunteers was patrolling. How often do you do this? Um, we're out here at least four, sometimes even five days a week now. And just you personally, how often are you out here? I'm personally out here four or five days a week because I'm still trying to like build out a structure, you know, to train up people. Yeah. And what's that been like? I mean, it seems like there are a couple new faces today and some people who have been here before. Yeah, um, we, we have new people come every, every shift and it's great. It uh, shows people that, you know, people do care, people are concerned, people are willing to take action. What's a normal patrol like for you? Normal patrols are pretty, I mean, pretty boring. You know, we just walk around. Good. <laughs> yeah, walk around, we, you know, hang out, walk up and down the street, gets tiring, you know, after like two hours of walking continuously, people get tired, you know. What? And yeah. So what, walk me through a, a patrol, like the routine. You know, we meet up um, and we do like, uh, we, we do a circle, everyone introduces themselves, generally tells us why they're here. Uh, then we, we split up into groups and the groups will walk um, certain main, main avenues of Chinatown. Um, and, and, you know, they'll follow, like, you know, the protocols that I mentioned, stop, observe, record, report, just keep an eye out for anything that looks suspicious. The more time you spend out here, the more you get kind of a, an eye for things that are out of place, right? You see the same thing every day, and then you see something that, that looks unfamiliar out of place, you'll be able to recognize it. So I like to think of, like, each patrol is kind of like a training for, for future patrols, right? The people who are going to come now, they're going to lead patrols in the future. And, uh... Inside the bus. Scanning the buses here too because of some uh, some recent trend that's on the internet that people think this is funny. Um, yeah, and then we'll you know we'll patrol and then we'll we'll generally meet up um, at uh, Willy Woo Woo and we'll debrief. 
and then that's the end. Sometimes we'll hang out afterwards and have a drink. If anything happens after hours in Chinatown right now, there's only like one bar that's open. So what you'll notice is like after businesses are closed, it'll be really dead, right? Especially when it's dark, it'll be really dead and all the activity is concentrated around one area. So sometimes we hang out there after hours. Let's backpedal a little bit. Yeah. Why did this start? Why did you get involved? Uh, I got involved personally because of the, the death of uh, Vichar Vatanapakti. Uh, when I saw that video, I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens that's awful, but I mean, to see somebody who looks like someone that could be like your friend's dad, you know, yeah. just someone that like, I know, like I felt like I knew him, you know? And uh, yeah, I mean, I work at uh, nine to five, but I was like, you know, we got to go out there and start patrolling. And I texted in a group chat that I'm in with the SF Yang Gang. I don't know if you've heard of the Yang Gang. As an Andrew Yang? Yes. I have. <laughs> and so I texted them like, you know, hey, we should go do something. And they're like, is there another group we can coordinate with or whatever? And they were like, and that's what they asked me. And I wrote in the group chat, I wrote, you're looking at the start of it right here. And that's really how it all started, just right there. So. What happens next? I mean, is this something that you want to keep doing? Crime doesn't really yeah. ever stop. Um, but right now, there's a particular, I think, sense of a need for safety. What happens next is, I mean, it's a good question. You know, like, I, 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 no, I don't want to patrol forever. You know, nobody wants to patrol forever. Um, but we're going to keep being out here until we see some more sustainable solutions. And I, I, I know on Wednesday, Mayor London Breed had a press conference in Portsmouth Square. And, is going to dedicate some resources um, towards building some sustainable solutions, and you know we want to we want to pledge our support behind what makes sense. You know what I mean? Get people in the group to volunteer for for, for things around that nature, and then work towards creating a safer community. And that's the end goal. Is the end goal is to not patrol, but to to use you know our manpower and our resources to 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 make these people safe. Let's get into the details a little bit of, of how you make people safe. Yeah. I don't want to ask you about the, the specific strategies that you use, because like yeah. you say, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. You don't want to give people a heads up who have ill intent. But it seems to me like one of the important things here is like using your connections to the community. Right. So who do you know? Who knows you? And how do they know you? That's a good question. You know, I, I really don't know. I really don't know yet. Like, uh, I like, um, some some members of the the foot patrol, the police here, they know me, um, and they're good guys. You know, they they're from Chinatown. I speak the language. Um, they, they've approached me. Um, there's certain other people in the uh, Chinatown, Chinatown community who have started to kind of approach me and talk to me and kind of try to you know feel out what what's going on, what we're doing. But you know, I, I, first of all, I don't, I don't want to name their names. You know. Yeah, and, and second of all, like I, I think we're still in the stages of, you know, I'm trying to get this operation, like under control. You know, where like I have people who show up consistently and I can, they can lead their own patrols. And so I've, I've been, I've actually taken a step back and I formed a three-person committee myself, is myself included, that's actually governing this. So there's three people who run the patrol, not just me. And that was like as of Tuesday night. So this is pretty new information. Mm -hmm. But they're gonna help me. I mean, you know, I, I sometimes feel stressed and overwhelmed. You know, I have to reply. You know, 20 or so DMs a day, um, and make sure people are coming, make sure people know what they're doing, uh, and also want to expand. Right? I don't want to make more shifts, so um, I'm really happy to have you know two people, two younger, 
uh, you know, motivated individuals like myself come out and help me. You just said younger. I find that interesting. Um, generally, what's the age range of the people who are participating in the patrol? I think, um, you know, late 20s, early 30s. I think a, a, my demo is mostly like younger working professionals who spend their day in front of a computer like I do. And that's why I have the time like this, right? Because, you know, after you get off your, you know, whatever you're doing, you, uh, you come, come out and join me. So I noticed um, nobody's wearing any kind of identifying clothing. Yeah. We just look like a group of people, small group of people, walking around. Um, is that the intent? Do you plan on like identifying yourself in some way? That's a really good question. You know, I, I have a, lo a lot of push and pull in both directions. Hmm. I like, personally, I like to keep it low key. You know, I like to be like, you know, we're just hanging out, you know? I don't want to be, you know, wearing some, some bright vest, you know, and, and be a pod, but some people have made the argument to me that, that perhaps, you know, we should be identifiable so merchants know who we are and can approach us if something happens. So I think uh, I'm going to raise it in front of the committee, of course, and let the committee decide, the three of us. Um, but if it was up to me, I would probably just focus more on merchant outreach and less on an outfit. Yeah. Well, on that note, yeah. uh, what have you? What have the responses been from community members that you've interacted with on patrol to what you're doing? It's a really good question because early when we first started this, you know, a lot of merchants were willing to talk to me. You know, I was kind of a new face in town, and I felt like I was starting to build a rapport. But then, when the increasing number of crimes started to happen, I'm, I'm finding it harder and harder to, to talk or interact with merchants. I think they're scared. They don't want like me, you know, like drawing attention to their storefront mm -hmm. by bringing a group of people. Um, you know, unfortunately, the press is here often, and you know they don't want cameras in front of their address. You know, so um, so yeah. So it's been less. I'm I'm think I'm doing other things to try to reach out to merchants. One is you know just kind of have Jerry do more introductions. When he comes out, you can meet him. And another thing is uh, I'm doing a, a a weekly meetup on Fridays after patrol, um, and we're gonna be highlighting like a new business every time. We're gonna be going to a new business and hanging out there and doing a meetup. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's also key to sustainable solutions is, you know, kind of bring bring Chinatown back, right? Like COVID hit Chinatown really hard because it hit tourism really hard. So we need, you know, businesses to thrive and, and uh, you know, pick back up. So while you're out on patrol, maybe you could go through your, your approach again, your model again. You had an acronym earlier and, and tell yeah. me how you, it sounds like you don't intervene physically right. if something's going on. So what do you do? No, we don't. Uh, we don't intervene. Group safety is very important. You know, we're not trained law enforcement professionals. You know, we don't have martial martial arts or self-defense training. So, you know, my group safety is just as important to me as the safety of the community. Um, acronym is SOAR: Stop, Observe, Record, and Report. Uh, and that was uh, there's there's an there's a um, older, more seasoned activist who's kind of been doing some consulting and helping me get this started. So that's from from them. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're mostly here because like a group of people is a big deterrent. You know, saying hi to people or, you know, looking at somebody and, and saying hi to them or, or waving at them is a big deterrent already, you know? Um, and there, there have been situations where, you know, I haven't say I've intervened, but I've investigated or tried to observe further. And there is really a power of just showing up and, you know, saying, hey, are you okay? Is everything okay here? And then when, you know, three or four people file in behind you, it really kind of dissipates the tension. Mm. 
Are there any situations you can talk about that are examples of this having worked out on patrol? Yeah, I mean, you know, one time we did have, you know, a member of the unhoused community who was, you know, who was, he was just screaming at one of the merchants, uh, just, you know, like, just screaming like nonsense, you know, so I, I went in just to kind of see what's going on, and I asked him if he was okay, are you okay, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is an extremely disarming question, by the way, right? Like, what are you doing is an aggressive question, right? Are you okay? A disarming question. Then, you know, my group came in behind me, and, he, you know, he, you could see him kind of maybe run like a mental calculation, you know? Like, how am I going to respond? He ended up just running away. That's an incident. That reminds me of um, the de-escalation training that law enforcement is supposed to have. Yeah. Um, which makes me wonder, do you have any connection with law enforcement? Uh, so, I mean, we, we have talked to members of the, of the police. They just, they know we're out here. But, like, I, I wouldn't say, like, connections. Like, you know, if, if something were to happen, I would just dial 911. But, like, you know, it, this is a smallish community, right? So, if you, 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 like, I don't know the police chief of San Francisco, but I know, like, the guys who were out here, because they've been walking around too, and we said hi to them and they know about us. And you know, we're, we're cool, you know? I mean, it's not like we're, you know, in constant communication with each other in the same Slack channel. <laughs> they don't use Slack? <laughs> Actually, maybe they do, I don't know. It certainly isn't open to the public. Yeah, I <laughs> Actually, I was thinking more about the law enforcement question. Yeah. Do you think that a group of lay people, not law enforcement, Yeah. we were talking about the deterrent effect of having a group of people come in and say, hey, how you doing? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, do you think that's different from when police show up? Um, yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, obviously, right? Because like when you see someone in uniform is carrying a weapon, you're going to react and behave differently. It's just normal, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I've heard uh, something from the press conference about community policing, you know, like there's obviously people who think, oh, there should be like more police everywhere. And like, I don't know if I fully agree with that. I think that like, if you're gonna bring more law enforcement, you know, people and you gotta make sure they're people like from the community, right? Like there's there's a member of, of the Chinatown police people, you know, who, is, who grew up here, speaks a language, he has relationships with people here. He obviously is an excellent police officer because of that. You know, if you're gonna bring in more people to be law enforcement, they should be people like that or people who, at least, you know, you, you kind of try to introduce first, you know what I mean? Like, we don't need bodies and guns on the boots on the ground necessarily, right? You need people to, that the community can accept as well. Are there other groups that you're taking inspiration from or other um, organizations that are unlike this one that you look to for ideas about best practices? Ah, that's a good question, too. Um, the uh, Oakland, uh, Compassion Oakland, we have some really good materials that I've looked at for creating, like I'm trying to create like training materials, mm -hmm. stuff like that, protocols. So they have some good stuff. Um, also, AWA has come and helped us. What's that stand for? Asians with Attitudes. Uh -huh. Go back. Um, and uh, they've come help, you know, because I didn't, like I had people coming, but I didn't have enough group leaders or people to break it up. Yeah. So they've come and assisted me. And, you know, they're, they're definitely like, a, they're much more street smart people. That's what, you know, that's what, like, they jokingly say that, like, me and my people were, like, squares, which is true, right? Like, <laughs> I actually work at Square. And I'm oh, not, wow, okay. Yeah, I'm not insulted by that at all, right? Because, like, it's true. You know, we sit in front of a computer all day. We don't know what's going on on these streets. I know now because I've been on them, you know, or I, I'm starting to know now, I should say. You know, I'm starting to get an idea of, of what happens. But, you know, 
the, the people there, they, they have a much, much more knowledge there. So when they've come and helped, that's, that's been very helpful. I don't know about inspiration. Huh? I guess I've, I haven't really thought too much about if I'm trying to like model or, or do what I'm doing after something else. I just like kind of got up one day and started doing it, you know? Yeah. When, when was that just to get a sense of the timeline? How long has it taken for it to get to this stage? About a month, uh, over a month and a half. Over a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So when uh, talking about pulling together training materials, yeah. is there a training that folks go through right now if they want to volunteer? Um, not precisely. So we just held a training on Tuesday for urban awareness and self-defense, and that was our first kind of in-person training. Uh-huh. But what you, what you saw today was generally what I tell people. The training really is the patrols. If you're new and you come, you're going to walk around, you're going you're gonna to learn stuff. You're going to observe stuff, you know? And, you know, like I said, most of it is being here and seeing what it looks like and then noticing when something's out of place, like I spy. What was the in-person training about generally? Like, what do people yeah, learn? It was, uh, so we had a, uh, you know, somebody reached out um, who he does, you know, self-defense and urban awareness training. So it was about, you know, how to, how to react or approach different situations, you know, how to use the environment around you to keep yourself and others safe. Um, and what to do, you know, if something, something bad were to happen to you, how to react. Toward the end of the patrol, volunteers swapped group leaders. At his invitation, we followed a community member named Jerry into a shop selling mostly souvenirs and t-shirts, where we received a warm welcome. <laughs> Happy to see you guys walk around so we Jerry, who's a regular on the community patrols, was a victim of violent crime himself. So I just got off the bus, getting off from work, walked down the block. Someone just sucker punched me, uh, broke my molar, cracked it. He didn't knock me out, but as I got up, he said something to me, but I couldn't hear it. My ears are still ringing. He told me the worst thing about it was that nobody at the crowded intersection where it happened helped him. He said nobody even asked him if he was okay. The intersection was, there's a lot of people. There's a bus stop. There's people crossing the street. Market. Wow. That hurt me more than that person hit hit me. Why don't people help each other anymore? Another patrol volunteer told me it's a sad irony that a regular volunteer to keep others safe, like Jerry, would become a victim of a violent crime. He's been part of the community for so long. There's another key person involved in this project. He has lots of organizing and patrolling experience, and I was lucky enough to encounter him after the patrol had concluded. His name is Max Leung, and he was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. He's been organizing patrols since last year. So you said you'd formed one of the first ever patrols. When was that? How did that come together? It was in March. The first day we patrolled was March 20th of 2020. Uh, The way it came about was, well, it was at the very beginning of the pandemic. Everything was was shut down. Everybody was sitting at home during that time. And I was scrolling through social media and just, you know, seeing all of these attacks that were happening. And so... 
I connected with a few people and a couple of friends, and the very next day we started patrolling. How does a patrol like this really work? Like, what what is the metric of success for you? Um, and then, how do you evaluate whether whether you've done it right? Well, first and foremost, the goal is to deter and prevent these attacks from happening. And my hope is that just by us being out here, first and foremost, that we're a deterrent, you know, and discourages people from um, doing anything in the first place. And if and when something happens, then we can intervene if it's safe at our discretion, you know, by exercising awareness and knowledge of self and being able to read the situation and how safe it would be for us to to intervene um, and also to act as reliable witnesses you know in case something happens and so my metric of success is the longer that we're out here and, and like nothing happens then that's successful yeah so it's not about how many situations we encounter or we can assist with for me it's all about if nothing happens that's success right, exactly. it's a great day when you don't have to stop anything from happening exactly yeah, yeah. Um, i wonder if you could tell me a little bit about um like earlier i jerry took us into a shop and um the person who was working there was really happy to see this patrol and was just like thank you for being here um, could you tell me a little bit about your interactions with the community about the patrol? Like, what have people's reactions been? Is there anything that they've asked you for specifically? Uh, there's been nothing but an outpouring of support and appreciation from the community. And they haven't asked us for anything. In fact, they've tried to, like, offer things. But, you know, I, for me and my, and my patrol group, I always, you know, I didn't accept any donations that they offered or anything like for me you know we we have we have what we need to be out here you know and and we're not doing this you know for fame glory recognition or to chase clout you know or for monetary or personal gain in any way we're just out here just to keep the community safe well, great. Um, I realize I sort of jumped on you and asked you for an interview, but is there anything that um, comes to mind that I didn't ask you about that you really want to say or that you want people to know about these safety patrols? I feel like these issues or these problems, it's not going to go, go away anytime soon in the foreseeable future. And to, to everybody who's listening out there, just be, stay, be safe, stay, stay vigilant take care of yourselves and one another and let's all together try to create the world that we want to live in you know play our part and play our role and you know it might sound cliche but you know be the change that we want to see in the world and as for how exactly to do that here's Forrest if you want to get involved go to www.chinatownsafetypatrol.org and we have multiple ways uh, for you to reach out, whether it's our Facebook, email, or Instagram. Cool. Just reach out and, uh, and find out how to do more. I'm Laura Wenis, and you've been listening to Civic, 